today is July 7th, 2019, and you're listening to episode 12 of Manchild and the Old Guy. He's the manchild of bearded 20-something, and I'm the old guy, a cynical Gen Xer. This is your intergenerational podcast where we discuss pop culture, faith, politics, and whatever we find interesting. Broadcasting from the basement because that is where mom lets us. I'm the old guy. And I'm the manchild. Welcome to our stream of consciousness. Well, we uh, missed doing a podcast last week because mm-hmm. your mom and I decided to... Uh, take a road trip. Take a road trip. Trip. Tri- whatever I take said. Take a road trip. Trip. Yeah. The, we uh, drove almost 3,000 miles. Nice, nice. Helped your sister the... with her wedding shower, mm-hmm. bridal shower, and then visited Grandma Lori down in Texas. Yeah. So, and then drove 13 and a half hours from Dallas to the Quad Cities. Yeah, so you guys had an eventful drive. I'm sure it was incredibly amazing. Well. We loved each other the whole way and just laughed the whole time. No, mom was doing some homework and, you know, when she gets in the car, she sleeps. But we did see some interesting things like... Uh, truck that was on fire or it had yeah. previously been on fire but the the hulk of it the was still the car yeah the, the semi-trailer and the the uh, husk of it was still on the side of the road i also saw a semi-trailer that somebody was hauling to get repaired and somehow the back end of it had been cut off and they just threw it in the back of the trailer and had it strapped inside the trailer so that was kind of interesting And we saw a couple of really cool uh, vehicles along the way, namely something I thought you would find interesting that I hadn't told you about yet. A completely chrome Corvette, like a 20. Yeah, first I thought, ooh, but then I thought, man, it looks like a James Bond villain car. It 2017, 2018 Corvette. Okay. um, Highlights of flat black and the rest of the car from nose to tail chrome like you know it's gaudy in one aspect mm-hmm. but on the other side that'd be dope to pull up to a party in you pull up to sunday worship just get out and you're like hey guys what's up Ooh. i mean this thing was so chrome because i was right at a it was coming perpendicular across the intersection as we were leaving dallas um and i was at the stoplight it was so chromed out i saw the reflection of our van in the side of it as it drove by so that was pretty cool and i had to think about it like you were did initially like eh, that sounds cheesy but the more i thought about it the more i thought that's yeah. pretty cool yeah yeah i, could, I, could I mean that. if i had an extra million dollars i'm sure that cost a ton of money to get that thing chromed out but two thousand dollars i think is the so because it's just a vinyl wrap that's applied oh it's it's like a mylar yeah, so oh, all, all the modern, okay. all the really cool paint jobs and all this kind of stuff, flat colors, but they look beautiful. They're not actually painted on the car. They're um, just a vinyl wrap that's adhered to it. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's what everyone's going with. It's it's better for the car in the long run um, because, first, it protects the paint. Mm-hmm. It prevents rust. Um, chips, dents, anything like that is taken by that vinyl. And then, um, you know, when you want to take it off, I mean, it's like peeling off a really heavy sticker that's just... But it doesn't take the original clear coating off or anything? Nope, it protects it. Interesting. So there's some people that get uh, clear vinyl wrap to put on the car. So it makes them look really shiny, which looks kind of funny looking at it. It's like it's just too shiny, like it's been dipped in baby oil. Hmm. Um, 
but when you wash it, you just go and everything just rolls well, off. I'm sure it, yeah, just beads up like crazy. Yeah. Although on a car like a Corvette, with it has such a long hood, I don't know if I'd want it super shiny on a really bright day. That might reflect back. Yeah, I feel like that'd be a little uh, distracting. Yeah. So what you got for your Zoomer rant today, man child? Okay, so I want to talk about something uh, that's kind of been bugging me, which I say a lot. It's been bugging me. Yeah, you're always bugged by something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, so here's the thing. Uh, lately, Disney has been making these remakes, or what do you, what would you say, a remake or a reboot? It would be a remake it's different. No, are you talking about the live action kind of thing? Yeah, they're doing live action. They're not really a reboot, but it's a live action version of a cartoon. So a remake. They're remaking it live action. Maybe you could say they're remaking it as a live act. <laughs> okay, we'll just say remakes, yeah. but we've just given a context of what we mean when we say So when you're remake. talking about remakes, you're talking about the live action. Yeah. Version. So Disney's been making these live action remakes lately. So you had Beauty and the Beast, which frankly, um, I thought looked great. It looked stunning. The Beast looked like total garbage, though. Um, I was expecting more of a Chewbacca, not a funny-looking grizzly bear. <laughs> Chewbacca? Um, yeah, with like a, you know, he looked cool in the cartoon. I wanted to be the Beast when I watched I it as a kid. He thought I he didn't looked think cool. he looked that bad in the oh, life. I don't think he looked good. And then the ending yeah. scene where it's like, oh, you're still a beast at heart, and he goes, rawr. But he makes the <laughs> sound when he does it. That is the most, <laughs> most gag, gut-wrenching scene what? in the entire movie. <laughs> All right, what are you talking about? It does it at the end where they're doing this whole ball dance. Right, right, right. And then but... uh, Emma Watson's like, you're still a beast at haunt. And he goes, rawr, and looks at her and they like wink at each other. And it's the most cringeworthy thing. But he says, rawr, it's the beast. Don't you believe in love? It don't matter if it's rawr or because and... it was a bestiality joke. She was like, because she was making right. a joke about him being the beast in the bedroom kind of thing. You can still They weren't married yet. This is Disney. You don't have to be married anymore. You got gay characters. Who cares? Well, yeah. Anyways. Cares? I don't get what you're I'm just saying it was really cringeworthy. Um, so then they did... Um, they got The Lion King coming out, which... They have Aladdin's out. which is Aladdin's out, which is getting fairly good reviews. Yeah, I, I went saying. to saw it. I went to saw it. I went to see it. Um, I didn't think it was bad. I... Didn't think it's as good as the cartoon, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, especially, and I think Will Smith tried to pull off the genie pr- pretty well. Um, I think if, if it was Will Smith and his prime, like late no, 80s, early 90s. No, I don't 90s. think it would matter because you you cannot replace Robin Williams. I'm, I it's am, not about replacing Mark. The whole point of it is to change the narrative from Robin Williams to a different genie. No, I think you're missing the point. No, no, Almost no, no, no. all of Robin Williams' lines for the genie were ad-libbed and and will smith is trying to recreate that ad ad-libbedness with the, a script it's and it different doesn't, it doesn't i know but i'm not well. you're not trying to be robin williams because look when they when they casted robin williams for this they didn't casted, ask him there's cast casted whatever cast him <laughs> when they're trying to cast him for this role they didn't go up like hey here's what we're thinking they went to his stand-ups, recorded them, and then made cartoon mock-ups alongside the video of him. Sure. That, but it was the genie doing his, his skits and doing all the fun stuff. And he was like, I'm on board. Let's do it. And that's how they got him to do it. It was different for Will Smith because he's not trying to take uh, Robin Williams. They're trying to make the genie a different genie. This is a different story being told. 
which I can respect that, I can understand that, because you can't beat Robin freaking Williams. But if, right, but it's the live action version of the cartoon. I know, I'm, I'm saying it's they're not trying to be Robin Williams. I'm, all I'm saying is that Will Smith's trying to be a different genie. I haven't seen it yet. I know I really didn't want to see it because the really bad CGI scenes they showed in a couple of trailers. Um, the, the, some of the CGI was horrible, right? So I, I've studied a lot of filmmaking techniques and like I don't know how to do CGI, but I can tell when there's bad CGI. So uh, uh, his uh, what's his face? Will, Will Smith, his face on the body when he first comes out, he's like, I am the genie. When he first comes out, it does not look like Will Smith with a floating genie torso it looks like will smith's face on a torso instead of will smith's whole body torso it just looks like his face cgi because maybe you saw that in the trailer but in the movie it didn't you know what i will when it comes on dvd we'll go watch it all i'm saying is um so we got that we got the lion king which i'm a little dubious about because the whole one of the main things with the lion king is the cartoon is that in a cartoon, you can show animations, facial expressions, and do things that a actual lion can't do. That an actual bamboo. What do the what what does the monkey call the bamboo? Bamboo. <laughs> it's a, or a panda. What, what is bamboo is a plant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What's, what's, eat. The, what's the thing with the colorful butt? What, what's the monkey? A in the, baboon. A bamboon. Yeah. No. Baboon. Baboon. <laughs> baboon. He's a baboon. What? He's a bad coon. Baboon. I feel uh, like a failure as a parent now. <laughs> well, because I don't know Disney movies. No, because you don't know the difference between bamboo Dude, and a I, baboon. Dude, the only time I've ever seen him was in a zoo. What's it matter? The, the likeliness of ever going to have to know what animal it is is probably zilch. Uh, when the, the zombie apocalypse happens. Well, the zombie we... apocalypse happens. Why would I need to know what the heck a bamboo is? Because you're going to end up in the continent of Africa. And... Uh, in Africa. How am I going to get to Africa, bamboo... dude? I'm going to end up in like Canada Baboons or Nebraska. Baboons can eat you. No, Baboons can eat me. I'll shoot it in its head. What's it going to matter? How am I going to end up in Africa? Explain. There's going to be a white slave trade that's like shipping a... out of D.C. to Africa. How are you going to have a gun? How am I going to be in Africa? Answer that first, and I'll tell you I'm going to get a gun. Because you're going to get on the quarantine ship, and the only place that they can land It'll is... It'll be the some... Rocky Mountains. They're going to take you to the freaking yeah. Rocky Mountains. A ship is not going to go to the Rocky Mountains. They're not going to put me on a ship. We're just going to go to the Rocky Mountains. That's North America. Close the borders. We'll be fine. Anyway, Africa, you're going to die in the desert. America, you can survive in the Lion forest. Lion King. All right. So they're making the remake, the live action one. And my fear is that... I haven't seen it. I'm just saying this is like what I think is going to have the big flaw with it is they have some great voice cast. They have uh, Earl Jones. What is that guy's name? James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones. He He's the reprising original... the role of yeah. Simba's father. Um, Mufasa. Mufasa, yeah. Um <clears throat> So Thank he's, you. Yeah, there you go. There we go. Uh, <laughs> uh, so he's going to come back and replay that. There's a couple other characters going to jump in here and there. I think they got like Lady Gaga being a gazelle or something. I don't know. Something stupid. Um, my fear is they're going to so CGI some of the animals to make facial expressions that they can't make. It's going to look really weird. To a kid, probably not. But like to an adult that's been to the zoo and seen these animals, it's going to look kind of funny. Um I, I, I don't want to explain it, but like when you're trying to make something look really real, but then you keep doing things that totally take the realism out of it, for me, that kind of ruins a movie. Because if you want it to look really real, like all oh, these animals are talking, um, you don't do the whole put peanut butter in the mouth of a dog and then put a voiceover on it. Because it's the lips don't even move to what it's saying. What Do you, do you want puppets? 
Sure, yeah, I'd be I'd be totally fine with a good puppet movie, not like the last stupid one Jim Henson something made, the rated R puppet movie. No, oh, no, it's like it's Jim. It was Jim Henson's son, if I remember right. He made a puppet movie, but it was rated R. It was really bad. Yeah, it was Melissa about McCarthy was in it. Anyway, um, puppets murdering people. Disney's just doing this for a cash grab because they're trying to get all these new titles out because they're pulling back all the old cartoons um, because that's only going to be on Disney Disney Plus pretty soon. They're only going to have those on there, so there'll be subscription. You won't be able to buy them. And um, well, they've only over the years they've only released video cassettes or DVDs and now Blu-rays on an occasional basis for all their movies. So yeah, they're not every so often they'll release them out and then you've got a one shot to buy them and then they go away and then it's, you can't ever get them again. Yeah. Uh, so of course it, they only do that with the classics, all of the more, uh, the, the newer stuff that's always out on the shelf at Best Buy or Walmart or something like that. But, the classic Disney movies, let's say like the original Mary Poppins, only comes out on DVD and Blu-ray every so often. Yeah. Um, but the thing, they're moving with the Disney Plus, so the streaming service, they're going to stop that. It's going to be where you just stream the movies, so you pay the monthly fee because they're going to make more money in the long haul doing that. Probably. Yeah. Um, anyway, all, all this to say... I already own digital copies of most of them, so... Yeah, so what's the matter? Um, but they're doing the remakes for all these live-action movies. Uh, the big thing I'm trying to get at with this is that they have the new one coming out, which is going to be Ariel, The Little Mermaid. Right? Now, I really don't care about the Disney live-action movies. I'm just not... The girl child. I think inter- that's the, obvious. Yeah, that the girl is. child's interested in them. If she wants to go see them, I will gladly go with her to go watch them. Gladly? I will gladly go watch them with her <laughs> because I really enjoy spending time with her. I don't care what we're really doing. Um, here's another gripe I have with the new Disney movies. Uh, the singing, the music, yeah, absolutely horrible. Not the songs, not how they sound, how it matches with the movie, right? So, like, The Greatest Showman, did you ever watch that one? No. It was Really good music. It was cool, fun, neato storyline, um, some weird underlying things there, but... Um, when I watched it, I was expecting a Les Mis musical, not a movie that was just a music video, right? <laughs> so in Les Mis, they're actually singing and they're recording them. So you see all these sounds, it sounds like someone's standing next to you trying to belt out a tone as much as they can. That's well, why it's so... It's a Broadway musical. Sure. But so is The Greatest Showman. And, that but was then, a Broadway musical? Yeah, they made a Broadway musical of that. Well, there's but, a difference that, between it I'm, being originally written Look, I don't, as a, I don't care if it was Broadway or not. Okay. All I'm trying to say is that they did like a really poor job in trying to make it sound good. So people are just walking around other parts of the room. They're over here. But everywhere they go, the, their sound of their voice is still the same. And the music is still the same. It's just there is no depth to them singing and the, what's being played. It just looks like a music video. And that's just what they're – that's what they did with Beauty and the Beast – I don't know if that's what they did with Aladdin, but it was just. I didn't so think you it was him, that much dread. I mean, it bugs me because I feel like if you have a billion dollar budget, you should be able to, you know, actually, I don't know, try. I don't know if any of these movies had a billion dollar budget. I'm sure if they asked Disney for more money, they would have gotten a blank check uh, to produce a lot of these movies. To say they had a billion dollars. Okay, well, you know, Disney's got. Are you exaggerating, Manchild? Uh, being hyperbole, hyperbolic. Or whatever. Hyperbolic. hyperbolic. Um, so the new Ariel coming you better out. better pop that hyperbolic before it. There we go. It's gone. Um, <laughs> before it gets more infected. So we get. 
so we got the new Ariel movie that's coming out, The Little Mermaid, and you know I don't think it's gonna be all that great. But then it came out that Ariel is gonna be casted as a black girl, and I think her name is Belle Haley, or something. I thought it was Haley Bell. Haley Bell. So it was something like that. Which I looked her picture up. She looks cute. Yeah, she's a pretty lady. But my issue, right, is Ariel's a redhead. So just cast a natural redhead to play Ariel. That's all I'm saying. That's that's that is my main thing with it because this is what happens. You're gonna have a black girl be Ariel. Now if they take away the whole red hair thing, that's just gonna I I don't know almost ruin the movie because that's part of the whole aesthetic of the Little Mermaid. She's the only character that's beautiful red hair, and that's one of the reasons why the sailor dude or whatever his name was Prince Capaldi or whatever notices her. Is because it's beautiful red hair. No, he notices her because she's singing, walking out of the water. Yeah, but he's, he's he sees the red hair. Look, their red hair plays a big part of it. If they're gonna, I mean, here's my thing. If they just make her a black girl and she's got natural hair, okay, fine, whatever. You're gonna change the story. Cool, it's gonna be a Will Smith kind of thing. Whatever, you do your own thing. But if they're gonna try and do like the Aquaman, where his girlfriend in the movie had the red hair, but it looked like they just bleached it in radioactive red paint. <laughs> um. <laughs> It's going to be, it's going to look so bad. It looks so bad when they do that. Just, they have the money. They can get you a wig that is real hair, or they can dye your hair with enough money to make it look real. Or, better yet, better yet, just cast someone that naturally has red hair. I want to make the point here that you said it was okay for Will Smith not to be Robin Williams. Is yeah, because the character's blue. The character's blue. It doesn't matter what ethnicity you are. That character does not have a trait that matters. So you get people like no, Mul- I, I, no, 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 it's like no, no, Mulan. No, no, no. It's like Mulan. No, Meredith and Mulan in Disney. Meredith is a Scottish redhead. You cannot change that. That is a definitive thing about the culture and about that very the way the person. genie talks is definitive. No, it's not. That's the character, the genie. Who the character is, the aesthetic of the character, the way they talk does not matter. That is Robin Williams' version of the genie. Will Smith can change how he talks because it's not – the genie is this aesthetic of a character. The voice is not along with that aesthetic. It's just about how they look. I don't understand the difference between – If you're taking the freaking Mulan chick, you're not going to put like a a Canadian that's totally white or someone from the middle of India – to go play Mulan because no Mulan is Chinese like hardcore Chinese, okay. <laughs> so what's you the difference can't... between softcore Chinese? What, what is that? North Korea? No, no, no. Their eyes are a little whiter. They're more like ovals versus the slats. No, that's Mongolian. The slants, whatever. That's a band now. The slants. Have you heard? Did you see that? That Chinese guy that made the band slants. He went to no. the Supreme Court to get the. Anyways, that's 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 a really interesting story for another time I, I'm but I'm, I'm not following you with okay so like that you there are certain change, characters you the cannot, changing appearance to... is the same as changing audio qualities the voice doesn't matter you can change the actor from mulan and they can still sing the voice from mulan does not matter what matters is the fact I, that the character I, in is general i would agree with you however the genie in aladdin has a specific tenor of a voice because it's, it's Will, it's not Will, it's Robin Williams. Yes. It doesn't matter if it's tenor of the voice. He's it so, doesn't matter. I'm telling you, he's so definitive as a 
That's bits. That's part of <laughs> that's a part of Robin Williams. It does not matter what his right. voice sounds like. It's about it's, how he looks and what he does when he's doing his song so, and dances and everything. He's more rappy. He's more singy. That's all that is. It does not matter for the character. What matters is that there is a specific like parameter for what the character can fit in for how they look and how they act, not what they say or how they sound. So like Mulan, they gotta fit that parameter how they look. All right, so the actor they're doing for Mulan looks like freaking Mulan. <laughs> what is the Mulan? parameter for Little Mermaid? Ariel is this really pale redhead. Really pale? Yeah, she's a redhead. She's really pale, most <laughs> likely. Uh, oddly enough, no freckles. But does she have blue eyes or green eyes? I think she has green eyes. Whatever, it doesn't make a difference. Never stared into the mermaid's eyes. All right, well, one of these days. But th- so. You can put a black girl in there, but I'm just saying do not do any of this stupid bullcrap of trying to make her look. You're taking someone that is totally opposite of their original character in looks and then try and make her fit in those parameters of the Little Mermaid. Because you know what happens? It looks like total garbage when they do that. Either take someone that already looks like Ariel from the cartoon. Mm Mm-hmm. Or recreate the character. Do one of those two. Do not try and use the parameter of what the Little Mermaid uh, looks like. And then try and put this character into that. Because she won't work in that parameter. Now, I will note, first off, that you are saying all this without even seeing the film. A trailer hasn't even been released yet. I'm. I did. I say I've watched one. No, I'm saying I, that they better not do that because it's going to look like absolute trash. They it's going to look like one what? of the worst things put, ever. Put uh, because they've done that before that with other characters. That, it doesn't matter, matter if they meet expectations. I'm saying just as a, a movie critic or someone that just watches movies frequently is that you can blow away an audience if you take and recreate a character to the point where that new car- character, no one even cares about the cartoon anymore. That, that's old hat. They care about what this character is doing and Ariel from now on is going to be black because this person pulled it off so well and changed the story Are you and it looks Fantastic. Are you no, scared? I'm praising it. I am literally praising it right now on this podcast. I'm praising it if they can do that. Because they've done that in other genres. They've done it with other films and shows and I, music I, and everything, which I, is great. But do not, do not, do not, Disney, listen, do not take a black girl and try and fit her in the parameters of a pale redhead. Do not do that because it's going to look like, it's going to look horrible. And it's going to make it stupid because then you're going to also have this racist backlash where why are you taking a black girl and trying to make her look white? And then the real question is, why would you do that in the first place? Why would you cast a black girl if you're going to make her try and look like Ariel from the cartoon? If they do that, that's just stupid. It is uh, complete it's moron. It's not a cartoon. It's an animated feature. It is a freaking cartoon. Get away what? from me from this stupid nitpicking bullcrap. Okay. Wow. You're just like off the rails. I'm just because it's seen, stupid. It's I mean, stupid. Why do people get... pay, pay people pay so much attention to all these other details? Like, oh well, the dress wasn't quite yellow. Yeah, but you neglected the fact that that chick's a dude now in this story. That changes everything. There's some <laughs> stories where it really doesn't. Like in James Bond, if Q became a chick, would that really change anything? If if the character's still the same, it's just they just gender swapped it. Yeah, I don't think that's a big deal. Yeah, it really wouldn't change anything. Now. If they took James Bond 
and then gender swapped it. I don't necessarily think. I think it would because James Bond being a male has a lot to do with that character. It's part of the character's parameters. So what's going to happen is if they gender swap it, it's not going to be this feminine suave. She's going to be a lesbian because you cannot take away the James Bond-esque male appeal, like, ooh, buff dude kind of thing. You can't take that away because the parameters is set there. The parameters for James Bond is set in that. Okay, so if you take a female and you try to make that James Bond, Jane Bond or something, it's a different character. It is not James Bond. It is Jane Bond. But if you try and take Jane Bond over here and shove her in the parameters of being the normal James Bond, that, uh, what's the guy's right now name right now that plays him? Uh, uh, Daniel Craig. Dan- da- Ooh, Daniel Craig. You keep whacking uh, Sorry, I'm, I can't, this thing's just sticking out. Um, so Daniel Craig, if you try and fit some random chick into the categories of being, uh, Daniel Craig, you're going to end up with a butch lesbian and just be a bunch of gay stuff because you can't, because if they were trying to give her this masculine-ness stuff, that's what she's going to end up being is super gay because every other guy in the movie is going to look like a cuck. A cook? A cuck. C-U-C-K. What's that stand for? Business, uh, a cuck is an actual thing, so it means those are guys yeah. that like to sit back and watch other men do things to their married wives, and they just like to sit there and watch. I, they're they're considered I, the most you are beta. So off the rails here. I am I, not off the rails. You're, this you're is part equating, of the thing. You're equating I'm, Ariel from The Little Mermaid, and now you've went all the way to I'm James equi- Bond being a lesbian. I James Bond is a lesbian. He's straight. Okay. Well, I mean, like Skyfall has some questionable things there. Oh my god. But um, look, I'm saying just taking characters that are really certain parameters of a character of how they look, um, or how they act, things like that, and then trying to force a totally different person to fit that role, um, just never turns out well. Either you got to recreate the character. And change it so that this person is a whole new character in this role. Then that's fine. It'll work in a story setting. But if you take someone and then you try and force them to become Daniel Craig, even though they are not Daniel Craig, it won't work out. Like um, Edris Elba. Love that actor. Don't agree with his politics or whatever. Love him. Absolutely. He killed it in the show. Arthur. Um, What was that? He he was in... um, what was the giant battlesuit Gundam thing, but like in the Pacific Rim? He was in Pacific Rim. Sure. Um, He's oh, a good character. Love him. He was supposed to be James Bond for a while, and there's this back and forth about it. About he him still doing may it. be James Bond. Yeah. I would absolutely love it if he was James Bond. Because the color of James Bond, his skin color, ethnicity, doesn't matter. But the, the parameters of how he acts and what he does, that does matter. Idris Elba can match Daniel Craig and that buff looking like mm, I'm going to kill but you but Daniel, also super suaveness Daniel and he's Craig's British and the, he's British but he's not the definitive James Bond he's just the current he, James he, Bond he, isn't he like the r- longest running James Bond right now after the next film yeah. yeah so my lifetime in my lifetime I've only known Daniel Craig as, as being James that's Bond that's incorrect you've seen all the other no, ones no, no 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 in my lifetime Daniel Craig has always been james bond i understand there have been other james bonds i've seen other movies yeah but he's always been james bond my life so in my head when you think of james bond it's 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 not the guy that likes to slap women um uh (laughs) what are you talking about no the guy that was indiana jones father what was his name oh sean connery yeah 
He says, I believe it's good to slap a woman once in a while when she's wrong. Because he's Scottish. Ooh. Ooh. Haven't you ever seen? <laughs> ooh, you're going off. You think I'm going off the rails with that stuff, but ooh, look at you. Oh, um, I, yeah. yeah, But like him, so I, I, I know them, they, they were James Bond and stuff like that, but Daniel Craig, in my entire life, has been James Bond. So when I think of James Bond, that's who I go to. And that's how two generations of kids are going to view Daniel Craig. That's always going to be their childhood Bond. The first James Bond movie they, that people in my generation and Generation Alpha, the one just after me, are have seen and know are Daniel Craig. So it just Elba fits that mold of but, what Daniel Craig does. But you didn't grow up in that vacuum. I mean, you saw... It's not about the vacuum. My first James Bond movie I saw in theaters. Do you know which one it was? Well, it might have been Casino Royale. No, it was Skyfall. Well, that was my first James Bond movie in theaters. But While it was not the best James Bond, I love it because that was the first one I saw in theaters. And it's that entire experience is ingrained in my head because it was so awesome. But... You've seen Sean Connery. You've it's seen not the same. It's not the Pierce same. Brosnan. It do, it, dude, it's not the same. Just like um, you like the original Star Wars versus the prequels better, right? Of course. Doesn't you, everybody? But, mm, but you saw them in theaters. Yes. I had, but for, for me. But a lot of people did. They re-released them. It, it's. In, I'm saying you saw them when they were brand new. For me, Star you, Wars episode Two and three are like my favorite ones because there's so much stuff tied to that because I saw those when they were brand new. It's different. Like, I never saw Ghostbusters in theaters when it was brand new. You did. We saw it, what was it, for the 30th anniversary? 25th. The 25th or something like that. 25th or 30th. Yeah. We, our whole family went to go see it, and we're having such a good time because they re-released it in theaters, which is awesome. And I remember that. It's great. But it's not the same as seeing that in the movie for the theaters for the first time and experiencing it and never seeing anything outside of what is in that theater to that point. I've seen Ghostbusters countless. I've seen The Empire Strike Back. We had on VHS so long, I wore out the tape. Yeah. Right? I watched that so many times. Still so arguably the best Star Wars movie done. I agree. I think it's one of the best ones. But, like, episode two and three are like my favorite Star Wars because. When you look back at those other ones, you hulk back, hark back all these other memories and experiences of when those came out. Because it's a definitive point in your life. The prequels are a definitive point in my life. Just like the Star so, Wars, the Clone Wars TV show. That brings back a whole lot of memories. I, I get all that, but I, I still... This is what how I'm, does this connect back to the Little Mermaid? I'm saying, like, if you take a black girl, which is fine, she's a pretty lady and whatnot. But if you take her... And then you try and force her into this stereotype of what Ariel is, when you could easily just take someone that already fits well, the stereotype or characteristics of being. Here's your issue there. You're using the word stereotype. What is the stereotype for Ariel, Dad? What is the stereotype? It's not... A redhead that's real, that can sing well and is pale. That is a stereotype for being Ariel. When you say Little well, Mermaid, when you say a Little Mermaid, Little Mermaid is not copyrighted. Many people can use the words Little Mermaid because Little Mermaid is a, I believe, is a Brothers Grimm's tale. It's one of the siren tales they had. But it, so there's other movies called Mermaids. Things that, the first thing someone thinks of a mermaid, stereotypically, it's a redhead that's pale with a freaking fish tail. Incorrect. All right. 
No, you're telling me incorrect. You're telling yeah. me uh, this is what the majority of my generation sees. We are the ones that are going to go see this stupid movie. <laughs> you do, you you're old. It doesn't matter. You don't know if it's going to be a stupid movie. There's not even a trailer out yet. I don't care. I'm just saying. This is not. I'm not saying this is definitive, man. I am <laughs> saying that this is a possibility. That if they take a character and shove her into a, like, you know, a round thing and a square peg, if you try, <laughs> if you try and do that, it's not going to come out well. If alone come out at all, it's going to look like garbage. It's going to be horrible. Just make her Ariel. Forget what the other Ariel looked like and just do the dumb movie. Do not take this character and then shove her into this hole to become Ariel like the other movie. Because it's not. She's not Ariel. You have to either take someone that looks like Ariel and make her Ariel or just don't. Or So what you're ultimately saying, if you're going to do Ariel... Not as a redhead. Don't, made, don't don't pretend like someone's a redhead. Don't pretend that the person's a redhead. And I'm assuming that you would you wouldn't go along with a Ed Sheeran being the Little Mermaid then. No, he's just a like you wouldn't make the Little Mermaid like a gay redhead Ed Sheeran dude, because that's not the Little Mermaid. That's but he's the redhead. ugly weird mermaid. He's a redhead with a good voice. Yeah, but he ain't pretty. <laughs> Yeah, he's kind of ugly. Yeah. Look, <laughs> most redhead guys do not look good. If you're one of them, you know it's true. They're very wow. few. Most redhead women are very attractive. The girl child is proof of that. But most men that are redheads just don't, they don't <laughs> hit the same tone. <laughs> you're alienating a lot of people today. I'm not if you're anyone. if you're a redhead out there, suck it up. Manchild at post.com. Manchild. Do it. Come on, email me. Let's do it. I love everyone the same. I'm just saying it's you know, right there. That's that's what I'm saying with the aerial thing. That, that, that's it with the dumb aerial thing. Okay. Gosh. <laughs> wow. And with that, we want to take a moment to acknowledge all of our stream of consciousness listeners out there. We appreciate all of you listening and adding to the value of this podcast and if you found value in the podcast please please utilize your anchor app or our paypal link to donate and support the show links can be found at our website bloodpumpmedia.com you can also cross your stream of consciousness with ours by emailing us at manchild at post.com or the old guy at post.com and we want to thank our listeners who interact we want to encourage our listeners to interact with each other, so look for the uh, MCOG, Manchild Old Guy, page on Facebook. And you can also listen and share through YouTube as we post episodes there. We'd love to hear from you, your suggestions or comments, so you can help us produce the show. If you like what you hear and you are finding value and entertainment in what we are doing, then by all means, tell other people and cross there, this stream of consciousness with others, which is our formula. We'll cross the streams. Cross the streams. I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. Yeah, so cross the streams with your friends and neighbors, your family. Listen to the man child rant and rave because that's what he does best. 
Okay, I'm not a racist. I just want to say that. You asked me, like, how, are you going to be super racist in the podcast today? No, I'm not super racist. I did. Say you s- did, too. You did, too. You did, too. Do not deny. You said, no, are you going to be super racist I, in the podcast was, today? I said, no, I'm not. Am I ever super racist? And you're like, I'm just asking. I am not super racist. I didn't call you a super racist. Nor am I prejudiced. I just... I don't like people. I don't like everyone. Wow. I don't like anyone. Everyone. Every, I you say, obviously I don't, like, don't like redheaded dudes. I like my redheaded girlfriend, though. Love her very much. Oh, speaking of which, before we get into stuff, can I give an update about our situation? Sure. Quickly. So, the girl child and I have been working very diligently to get her moved up here to the Quado cities, and we have accomplished that. We got her apartment. She has moved in now. Uh, she has transferred to the new job. She's working out at out up here and uh yeah we got her a car earlier this week and we're doing pretty good she doesn't have wi-fi yet so she's gonna be over here a lot using all our wi-fi um there's some issues at her apartment like you know the dishwasher doesn't work the stove doesn't work it definitely was not cleaned whatsoever when we moved when we moved her in and so but hey we're doing all right just want to give that update want to give a shout out to my lady out there girl child i love you very much that's great. And she's a redhead, so she could play Ariel, I guess, in your mind's eye. Yeah. And with that, New Jersey mom suffocated toddler become because he was an obstacle to extramarital affair. Yeah. This is hmm. our uh, weekly Don't Be That Guy segment. So the first story in that segment. Well, He's guy. sexist? Yeah, probably. But, <laughs> excuse me. So this mom... Um, suffocated her toddler because she felt he was getting in the way of her extramarital affair, which was uh, presented by prosecutors last Wednesday. Um, this lady's 41 years old, and she's charged with the murder and child endangerment of her son from last year. Uh, she is, her son was 17 months, was month old when she, uh, was holding a cleaning wipe over his nose and mouth until he suffocated to death. And a witness, cleaning wipe? Yeah. So probably like a diaper wipe or something like that. Oh, That's what okay, I'm assuming. okay. Uh, witnesses told police that they saw the lady had taken methamphetamine the night before and into the morning, and the allegation was confirmed after residue was found in her purse uh, that she was on meth. And uh, they reviewed her text messages and revealed that she was having an affair. And then eventually uh, the prosecutors came up with this uh, um, motivation for her to commit this murder, which is just terrible. Um, I, I don't understand why you would kill your child so that you could have affairs. I, this is one of those unbelievable things that I don't understand humanity and why anybody would get to this point in their state of consciousness that they would think, oh, I've got a 17-month-old, but he's hindering my affair, so I'm going to murder him. But, but I want to know, how is he hindering the affair? Like, you just need to watch the well, kid more often? Have, have the dude you're, you know, fondling over there, have him pay part of the babysitter or something. Uh, well, Help support the economy. Give some teenagers some money in high school, okay? Come on. Be productive members. Don't just remove another one of the Americans. Yeah, I, he has rights. He has a social security card. He could be a Democrat voter someday. Give that kid a chance. Wow. 
You're just angry today, aren't you? No, I'm not angry. It's just, you know, I wanted to get off work early, but my manager's like, oh, no, your coworker can go off early, but you can't because you're closing. <laughs> I said, hey, we're both closing, but no, 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 no. You that always complains about never having enough hours, you can go home early. Okay, and he's going to complain about it later. He's going to complain about it on Tuesday, and I'm going to still be here like, mm, great, I could have left 30 minutes early, which would have made everything a lot better, but I didn't. I'm not mad at all. That was a sneeze. Uh, I couldn't mute my mic fast enough, so sorry about that, all you listeners out there. Uh, next, don't be that guy, is another female, 25, who claims she doesn't eat solid foods. She just breathes for energy. Now, this gal is just bat crap crazy. She hasn't really eaten in 97 days, and uh, she's had a lifelong interest in health and healing and has tried various diets over the years in an attempt to achieve optimum health and this minneapolis woman was previously a vegan and a raw vegan for four years before she discovered pranic living and breatharianism eight months ago or oxygentarianism as some yeah. people call it having read stories about people following a pranic and breath lifestyle she was introduced but never thought she'd be able to do it herself as she used to love eating food so now she just has some smoothies once in a while, and um, she fasts most days, and she's breathing to receive energy and nourishment as part of this lifestyle, despite there being no scientific evidence that it works. So she's just pretty much crazy. Yeah, I, I, I've seen a lot of these fun little videos where there's like some old black dude that's like, Man, I'm an oxygentarian, and uh, I haven't eaten anything in, like, five years, man. I'm like, well, that's a bunch of bullcrap because you're fat, one. Uh, two, I mean, I'm slightly inclined to believe it because you're homeless, but you might be crazy. Um, it, it's, it's crap. You can't survive years without eating. These people are eating something at some point, and you're, okay, great, you're on a smoothie diet? Then just say that. You're not somehow magically evading the need to have substance in your body. All right. Because even in this thing, you can't drink water. Yeah, you absorb I, everything from the sunlight and from oxygen. What I can say is she's she would be a cheap date. Because <laughs> if you took her out to dinner, all she has to do is breathe the air. Yeah, take her in one of those Japanese oxygen bars. <laughs> and she, yeah. Ooh, well, I'm stuffed. That'd Where's dessert? So our last don't be that guy comes from Florida. Imagine that. Almost every mm. week we got crazy people in Florida. And deputies guys. there in a certain county nab a guy they're calling the Hamburglar who cooked himself a burger in Wendy's after he broke in. So he broke into two restaurants oh, and he fixed a, fixed a burger in one of them and stole the money. And uh, this guy's 34. Looks a little off in his... Uh, lockup pitcher but once in he casually worked his way around the establishment and selected the items he was going to steal the sheriff said in one case he fired up the grill and cooked himself a hamburger before stealing the safe deputies said that after posting photos of the suspect on facebook friday they got multiple tips about who the suspected hamburger might be hmm. imagine that somebody in florida acting weird that's yeah, not yeah, it's not. I mean, as we've been doing this podcast and I've been looking at stories to uh, bring up, I I never 
at one point in my life, I imagined maybe retiring to Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no way I'm moving there now because people there are crazy. No, they'll bite your head off, man. Yeah. So there's a couple uh, things that were kind of amazing that were in the news this last week. And uh, the first is this guy who solo climbed El Capitan uh, with no ropes or anything. Um, so this rock climber, Alex Honold, meticulously chalked his hands before pulling him up, pulling himself up the thin ledge inside the uh, gym that's pictured in the story. But he actually, if you know what El Capitan is, that's a big yeah, It's a Mac OS. What's that? Because Apple's been naming all their uh, their new OSs after like national monuments. So there's, is that what he's doing? Mac OS El Capitan. Yeah. So El Capitan's a you know big mountain peak out on the west is coast. Is that him right there? Yeah, that was him. Boy, he ain't no looker. No, looks like Spock. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but he's kind of interesting. Um, he he climbed the face of El Capitan with no ropes. Um, and that's a very amazing feat. It's, uh, definitely not a safe thing to do. Um, but, uh, he did it solo with no help. And this is, this is a big deal. There's a lot of people who are actually, uh, not happy that he did that because they think that there'll be people trying to repeat what he did. Yeah, go for it. Um, but Tell stories about how you die, man. Come on. Well, no one look other... i would rather a bunch of dudes climbing a rock wall died from falling than sitting in their couch and dying of diabetes well that's so, true yeah either way you're dead but one's like looks a little bit better for our society hmm. well the, the next story for our humans are amazing segment comes out of the siberian times so this uh. is a russian guy he lives after bear breaks his spine and keeps him as food inside his den. So, this dude, poor that guy, guy. Oh my gosh, Siberians do not mess around with what they allow in their newspaper. That dude is <laughs> torn uh, up. Yeah. Oh my gosh. His eyeballs melted. Yeah, he was emaciated. Um, and it, They're calling him preserved as tin can food, later to be eaten by this large ground bear. A group of local hunters found this man named Alexander after their dogs refused to leave the area of the den because they were probably smelling him in there. Their persistent barking pushed the hunters to check inside the lair where they found a barely alive man. He was rushed to the local hospital and he's been diagnosed with a broken spine and severe emaciation. Um, He remembers his first name but not his age is reportedly found in the den, was reportedly in the den for around one month drinking urine to survive. He is now in intensive care with multiple injuries and rotting skin. He can huh. move his arms, but that's about it. I don't think and, he's going to live. Yeah. So there mean, were, this is like one of his eyes is popped and it's just the whitey milk stuff sitting yeah. right there. He looks dead. Like they put a glass eye in one of his eyes. So you see the blue eye. Very pretty eye. Um, but his skin literally is rotting off his flesh. That's yeah. that's bad. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say you probably should have saw a doctor probably a little sooner. <laughs> like he could get up and leave the bear den. I'm just I'm amazed the guy's alive. Number one, Russians. number two, yeah, 
That's the other thing I'm thinking. That uh, is the strength of the Soviet Union. Right. If uh, we had to go against the Soviets, they're going to fight until they're, can't, until they're like bear food, I guess. Jovan, so, you're bleeding. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's just red vodka. So there are a couple things about the uh, government oh, that I want to bring up. This stupid thing. And um, I hate, I, I'm a libertarian, so I hate government regulations. And so uh, this story about San Francisco becoming the first major U.S. city to ban e-cigarettes. Okay, you know, this is just stupid, all right? You're going to ban the alternative to tobacco. So you're trying to get people off tobacco, all right? Then you ban the alternatives to tobacco. Do you know what they go back to? Tobacco. Because it's easily accessible. It is easy to roll. It is easy to do everything with. That is what you're making the people go back to that have, you know, like, you know, making, using lightly. Mm -hmm. um, but that's what these people are going back to. They get their nicotine. They like smoking. They like the, the, the aesthetic. They like how it feels to smoke. So the, the um, state of California says that laws like this are going to curve, curb underage use of e-cigarettes. Uh, which is total garbage because uh, it's putting all the labels on a package of cigarettes. It doesn't has change. Never it. stopped anybody Even Juul. From so Juul, one of the, the I think right now the most valuable vape company <coughs> is only sells mint, menthol, and tobacco flavors in any store, and mm -hmm. you have to buy any of the other flavors online. Have it sent to you. It does not matter. It is stylish and trendy. A, a jewel vape pen looks like Apple made it. That is one of the reasons people have it is because it looks like Apple freaking made it. Think so? Yeah. Its charger is a magnet. So you just go, think it charges, and it's got this light goes, they look cool. They look like a USB, like, um, uh, remember when we had old laptops where you had the stick in thing on the side and it would stick up so you can get Wi-Fi, um, the little attachments? That's what it looks like. And I've seen people use them constantly. You know, it's... Wait. So a couple of things about this is which is goofy because you mentioned Jewel. Jewel Labs. They're, they're based. Gonna, they're going to move their thing to another spot. They're I, well, they're based around. in San Francisco, so the city where their headquarters is bans their actual products. Yeah. Now, supposedly this is a temporary ban, but everything the government says is temporary, never lasts long. The other crazy thing is that in a this city that celebrates its marijuana culture, 420, baby, uh, but it appears deeply opposed to other vices such as sugared drinks and the sale of flavored tobaccos. So you, uh, this is really a weird dichotomy. Uh, California is very odd to me as it begins with, but it's okay for everybody to smoke dope and to smoke marijuana. But you can't smoke an e-cigarette? I, I don't get it. And, and I here like I'm just gonna go on a little rain right here with vaping, right? I don't care what people's opinions are of it. Here are the facts. Tobacco, smoking the tobacco you get from cigarettes that you're getting from manufacturers and you're not doing anything, like you're not growing it yourself, it's going to give you cancer. You are going to die of it because they put these carcinogenic whatever they put cancerous things in there to add to flavor, to add to this, to add to that. All right, that's going to kill you. Vaping, is, I, the last time I saw it, is 99% better for you than a cigarette. 
Now, you can pair vaping still to not smoking in general. I wouldn't it's still, say better for you. I'd say less. Okay, yeah, it's it's l- less harmful. Yeah, but still, vaping compared to not you know, being an oxygenarian or something is still <laughs> a lot less safe for you. But in general, it is so much better than smoking tobacco. And you are taking this away from people that like literally are having health crises where I, I see these stories all the time where there's old people that have been smoking their whole lives. The doctor's like, you, you can't smoke anymore. You just can't do it. Um, and then there's people that they, they switch to vaping and their health actually gets a lot better. I've, mm-hmm. I've met, met people where I've worked where they've smoked every day, packs and packs and packs, and they switch to vaping. They can, they can run a block without losing their breath. Now they feel healthier. They look better. All right. I'm not saying like this is a cure all. I'm saying that people that already have really bad problems with tobacco products, vaping is a solution to helping with those. Uh, maybe that's where they stay. Maybe it's just a stepping stone to get off of them. But you are removing people from having this chance. You want them to quit smoking and dying of this crap? Then stop Stop making it sound like, you know, secondhand vape is so bullcrap. It is some of the big, it's just like secondhand high and things like that. That is some of the biggest bullcrap because they get high from secondhand smoke. You'd have to be hot boxing a car for an hour to the point where you cannot see like a centimeter from your eyes. That is how much smoke has to be in like a small car for you to actually get like stoned and high from a secondhand thing. You're not getting any nicotine from someone doing a secondhand vape. Yeah, you can get sick and you know, you can still develop stuff from secondhand smoke from a cigarette or a cigar that's not happening from cigarettes. Stop comparing the two and demonizing one that is doing better for society as a whole while the other one is still literally killing millions of people around the world. All right, you take away that, everyone's going to go back to the cheaper alternative they can roll in their backyard. Well, this is just case in point that big business controls government regulations. And I, somewhere in the back of my head, I think Jewel is working on, like, they wanted to corner the market in San Francisco so they convince people locally. I haven't done any research on this, so I have no idea. But this is simply what it seems from the surface. Their headquarters is in San Francisco, so they get the the, uh, city council, whoever they are there, uh, to get this kind of regulation in place to get rid of all their competition and then release the ban later in some new form that only Jewel can comply with because I'm sure they're in cahoots with the city and the state to write these regulations up. So No, I don't I don't even think I don't think that. No. I, I think this is totally in opposition of them. Um and I think San Francisco is trying to get them out because they're trying to put something else in there. So what's gonna happen is you're gonna have Jewel just go across the street until they're technically in a different town and they're just going to set up shop. Well, they, that's all it is because there's no jewels a multi-billion dollar company. Well, they're owned by one of the big tobacco conglomerates now. Uh, you, yeah. you gotta look that up with that one up. I think they're, they're still independent. Blue is owned by my blue. They're owned by, um, the British thing. And then there's enjoy, which is, I think owned by Marlboro or something. Um, but as far as I know, Jewel is still its own thing. Well, let's see. Jewel Labs was spun out of a Pax Labs as an independent company. 
So, okay. So they were. Yeah, they're their own company. Okay. Um, Must but be somebody m- else that I know. Yeah, almost every other e-cigarette is. It's because th- these dudes, if I remember right, they worked for. One of the guys worked for Apple or worked for some other tech company, but um. Yeah, so every everyone's got all these stupid things, but this is like a multi-billion-dollar company, and. You're, you're screwing it all up. So th- this company's not going to play with them. Even if this is temporary, it's going to hinder... The- they're already hindering huge amounts of their sales to try and appease the government. Because the government almost banned vaping and all flavored e-cigarettes because a bu- they said, well, 90-something percent of high school students have jewel pods and they're vaping. Dude, vaping s- still... I-, I would rather oh, a high wait, school... Wait, wait, wait. Okay. So the majority shareholder in jewel which owns 35% is Philip Morris. Okay. I know that name. What is Altria is the new company named for Philip Morris. Okay. Uh, But they acquired stake, a 35% stake. So they're the majority shareholder in a majority shareholder. Not, I I don't think they're, they don't own 50% of the company majority their way. They own the most stare. They own the most shares as any one entity in Jewel. So Philip Morris, a big tobacco company, owns controlling interest, I guess, at this point in Jewel. Yeah. Well, still, they're a very big company. I think they're gonna they're gonna book it on over cross town to yeah. where they can because even even a couple days where it's like banned we're nowhere in the city where they can well we'll have to keep track of this either jewel's gonna get some new regulation for them to block out all the competition or like you said they're gonna move to a new jurisdiction where they can sell their products yeah well it's gonna be the dumb thing just like when i was living in canada when i was living in canada they outlawed all menthol products yeah why because it clears your sinuses yeah <laughs> But so they outlawed all menthol, and then you can only get classic flavored tobacco things, and even those like cigarettes up there, they were weird. You get sixteen packs. Yeah, it's like really weird numbers, but they're like twenty, thirty dollars for a pack of cigarettes plus tax. I remember when I was a teenager, they had increased the cigarette tax up there so high that people were shoving them. This is before you needed a passport to go into Canada, if you're an American citizen. So you just went into Canada. People go in there and buy ton, or they come into the U.S. buy tons of cigarettes. They were stacking them in like the wheel wells of their engines, and because there was um, a famous story about a guy who put a lot of cigarettes in the the engine area and they caught fire. Uh, but they were people were getting caught smuggling cigarettes into Canada to resell them because. Canada had raised their cigarette tax so so high. Yeah, I mean it was still like that when I was up there. All, all the all my dorm mates that were like heavy smokers, had a arm and a leg. So you to... you talk about taxing something that people smoke, and that's uh, last a week ago the state of Illinois legalized uh, recreational marijuana use. That'll allow nearly eight hundred thousand people. To have existing offenses for buying or selling marijuana scrubbed from their records as well. I think it's good. Yeah. I, I don't think that's necessarily bad. 
But the thing that people need to realize is the reason states do this is because they want to tax it. Yeah. But hey, I, I think that's one of those good things where like people want this product. You you come to meet, meet them in the middle. Okay, you have this product. You're going to pay a premium. Great. It's legal. I don't have to fear for my life to, you know, eat a candy bar that makes me feel a little good after work. Mm-hmm. That's, you know what? I think that's totally well, okay. As long as you're not in a job that requires certain things yeah, from you. Yeah, like DOT kind of stuff. But the thing I want to note is when you look at the debt of the state of Illinois, which is currently at $12,576 per citizen in Illinois, and the, the population of Illinois is decreasing rather rapidly, it would actually be decreasing even more quickly if they would stop uh, transplanting illegal or immigrants from around the world in places like Chicago and such. Um, but if you just if you weren't putting immigration uh, refugees or even illegal immigrants going into Illinois, Illinois would be losing somewhere between six and eight percent of its population a year. But they're putting so many. Uh, immigrants into Illinois, specifically Chicago, that it's keeping the exodus from Illinois to about 3% a year. But regardless, every citizen in in Illinois, currently, the debt load for Illinois is currently 12% or $12,576 per person. That's on top of the national debt, which is like 108000 per person, but uh, that, I digress. But the uh, interesting thing here Dude, is, thirteen point two percent of the population is on food stamps. Oh yeah, it's huge. That that's that's crazy. I just did the math. That's yeah. There's a pretty high percentage of unemployed in Illinois. As well. I mean, compared their spending compared to how much money they have wasn't too bad. Yeah. So a lot of this is uh, that it's also about some of these petty thefts were actually because of the. Marijuana is a schedule, <coughs> federally a schedule one drug that uh, a lot of these minor offenses actually were state felonies, uh, some of them federal felonies. So getting these records off of people will allow them to vote, own firearms, unless they live in Cook County. But, uh, but I want people to understand that um, the impetus behind all this was about tax dollars because the state of Illinois financially is tanking. And when they looked at other states, of course, Illinois is the 11th state in the nation to do this, like states like Colorado, they found a huge surplus in taxing marijuana sales. Yeah, the governor was originally against it, but everyone voted they wanted it, so he approved the bill, got it passed, he was really skeptical. And you can look at him now, and he loves it. He loves the whole they legalize weed because it was, I think it was the first year they made almost a billion dollar dollars just in taxing marijuana and they yeah. every year i think they're making nearly a billion dollars in yeah it's, it's a lot of money and people are of course if all the states around them uh weren't taxing were legalized marijuana they wouldn't quite get so much but they are uh getting a lot of money and all so they'd probably lose about a third of that income if all the other states where people are coming from had um marijuana laws that were similar to Colorado. But regardless, they are getting kind of a surplus. Now, with all of that legalization comes a lot of social issues that come along with it. Um, and Illinois is going to start having problems with pets dying because 
people put their recreational marijuana and brownies or candy, gummy bears and things like that. <coughs> and unfortunately, they leave them laying around. Several times in uh, Colorado, kids have gotten sick because parents have confused which brownies have the stuff in them. Uh, or somebody's left a cookie laying out. And, of course, little kids, when they see cookies, uh, tend to take a bite and eat them. What or animals have died? Or can't. Or candy. Uh, all kinds of dogs. People leave stuff out on park benches and yeah, such. Yeah, but I mean, like, what, what, I, I mean, I, I don't know. And I know we can't kill a human, so, like, THC can't kill a human. I mean, I, I just assume well, you can't kill an animal Well, enough of anything either. can kill. Right, but it's just like, it's you know, one of those things where you have to put in so much THC in a person where it just overloads the system. But it would be, like, humanly impossible to smoke enough marijuana or ingest THC in your system. To, to, to die from it, it's, there's just no way, because you would die from ingesting it, but not because of THC, because you're just ingesting so much of one substance. So you know, here be more dog. I'm just did a Google search, more dogs being poisoned by marijuana vets say pots and pets. Should dogs get high? Because there's some people who are smoking bongs and uh, blowing smoke in their dogs' yeah. face to get them. Um, just all these. All these things, uh, cannabis, intoxication of cats and dogs, with high rates of marijuana poisonings, dogs getting high is not a good thing. Uh, so they're all, all of this, the marijuana toxicity in pets, it's happening a lot. It's a, it's a byproduct of a social thing when, when you allow that to happen. So something else that's allowed to happen right now, of course, we've got this whole kit and caboodle about the um, border mm-hmm. and. We had um, AOC, Miss Cortez, go down there and go off the rails about how the Border Patrol's um, treating people badly. Uh, but what I want, and I, 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 I keep a pretty eclectic group of friends on social media, so I, I, because I never want to be caught in an echo chamber and only seeing stuff that that I totally agree with. I want to be challenged socially and politically. And so I see a lot of these memes now about how the Trump administration is putting kids in cages and all of that. And I, I think it's very disingenuous because uh, it was the Barack Obama administration that yep. put the laws in place to separate kids from adults and, and that's not a bad thing. Okay, no, a lot of people got to understand. I had to explain this very thing in Sunday school class today that I was teaching. Mm-hmm. Someone brought it up as something to discuss. And I'm like, look, they're not concentration camps, which is what everyone's calling them. Mm-hmm. Like, I was telling the kids, they're not concentration camps. If they camps. were concentration camps, people wouldn't be trying to get Yeah, they were concentrate. The reason they were called concentration because they were concentrating those people into ashes inside a box. Right. That's, you know, that's what they're doing. Um, you know, but that's, that's not what's going on. And I explained, like, well, this isn't op- you know, opportune or however you want to say it. This isn't a great thing. It's better because a lot of the time these coyotes, is what you call them, dudes come over the border and take a bunch of kids that aren't their kids that don't know any different and sell well, them to pe- sex trafficking or as drug but deals. But not only that, there's parents in South America and Mexico who are renting their kids or selling their kids to other adults to help them get across the border. Yep. When they... Um, They've started doing genetic testing 
of these kids and the supposedly family members. And what they're finding is over 35%, somewhere around there, around 35, I think it was like 36 or 37% of kids uh, aren't genetically related to the people who are claiming them as their parents or an aunt or an uncle or a family member. They're not even close. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of it is faked. The, the other reason to keep kids separated from adults is because in the mass swath, especially of young men, there's a bunch of perverts. And so they're protecting the kids. If you These facilities were never intended to house families, yeah. number one. They're, they were intended basically to house adults and to separate men from women. And uh, it, knowing... Uh, what I know of running uh, large social service uh, emergency shelters and shelters in general, uh, you have to separate the boys from the girls, whether they're um, adults or young adults. And you separate kids from adults whenever possible because there are so many um, perverts. It only takes one to go around doing something foolish with a kid or or a female, one guy doing stuff. But there's a lot of uh, mental illness in the folks that are coming over. Not saying they're all mentally ill or anything, but it only takes one. Uh, one woman who's uh, off a rocker a bit and that wasn't identified right, she could be abusing kids. It doesn't matter. You, this is for the kids' safety. And what I want people to understand is there was a big lawsuit about this. And these laws came into effect because of that lawsuit. And so now people are out there decrying the Trump administration, um, who I don't agree with a lot of times, but he is following the law in this, in this uh, avenue of dealing with illegal immigration. And it was six months ago that all, most of these people who are lambasting Trump over the, uh, the terrible conditions at the border, six months ago they were out at the border saying the Trump, the Trump is raising some kind of false flag, that there's no issue at the border. What's the big deal anyway? Look, these places are like super overrun. There's too many people in them. They weren't designed to have this. People are like, well, they're setting up these concentration camps. No, they're setting up tents. They're like yeah. temporary buildings because there's so many people coming in. They cannot process them, process them fast enough. Well, they, we don't have the court system. to pro- And they're all coming in saying we're seeking asylum. And so you've got to go through the process to figure out if they're really seeking asylum. Now, if you're seeking asylum, you do it to the country that's right next to yours. You don't go four countries away to seek asylum. Yeah. But whatever. I mean, that's our crazy political system. I do don't think agree with that. You could go it. down there? Like, do you, uh, Ocasio-Cortez did. Do you think we would be able to, like, if we traveled down there, there's a visitor area where we could come and ask, like, hey, I'm paying the tax dollars to be here. Can can I see firsthand what's going on? I have no idea, but I I don't know. I already loaded the president. Well, go ahead. I mean, um, I don't know if it'll get you anywhere, but I there's plenty. Of, there was a group of Hispanic pastors that went through two days before AOC did, and they said there's no problems there. The people are tr- being treated very humanely. Um, yeah, it's not the Taj Mahal. But it's not like they're being given electroshock therapy, and they're certainly not being massed into showers and gassed to death like the Nazis did. 
Yeah. Which you're some just, people digging a big hole and putting a rifle in the back of your head and just bulldozing everything yeah, on top of it. They people out on social media that because they hate Trump. Now I didn't vote for Trump. But I always admit that because if I say things like this, people start say, "Oh, you're just a Trump supporter." I am not a Trump supporter, but I'm also not a Trump detractor. I try to look at things objectively rather than orange man bad. So uh, this is just one of those goofy scenarios where everybody's saying Trump is such a bad guy, but all he is is implementing a law that was implemented in the same ways by President Obama, Obama as predecessor. So there are a couple uh, crazy science things I want to talk about today. Um, one of them is this massive asteroid. It's made of gold. It's totally made of gold, NASA says, and it's not far away from Earth. And NASA thinks they could go out there and mine it. And if there's so much gold on this thing that it would make everybody on Earth, all 7 billion whatever people there are, billionaires. But then gold would be worthless. Right? You don't Until, know. Until, so here, here's what happened. If everyone got, like, let's say, um, one ton of, a giant ton of brick of gold i don't know how much gold do you think would make you a billionaire like a one ton two thousand pound brick yeah i'd have to do the math okay let's say a car size brick like a sure that would probably make you a billionaire. A car size brick if everyone got a car size brick first off we could build a really nice tower of babel um second all it would take is one company to start offering you because if you just got a free giant gold brick thing and you got a family of four you got freaking four bricks sitting in your driveway where you could put a car some companies are like hey man i'll give you a 20 grand for each one Mm -hmm. oh they're worth so much more hey man i give you 20 grand i take them away no problem that's what so some company's gonna give everyone like a couple thousand for them and then they're gonna amass this huge gold mine (laughs) well then it'll be worth the story here is that this asteroid's name is psych and it's uh, not there I don't know, but it's worth ten thousand quadrillion dollars at current market rate. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, but it means if it was carried back to Earth, it would destroy commodity prices and cause the world's economy currently at seventy-five point five trillion to collapse. But um, there's about four to five million ounces of gold. They could bring to market every year from this asteroid if they went up and started mining it. So NASA's launching a mission to probe the asteroid asteroid in the summer of 2012 or 2022. Um, it's d- dubbed the Discovery Mission, and it'll arrive sometime around 2026. So it'll be interesting. So if it takes it four years to get there, they might be able to pull back some samples. So around 2030. Right about the time when I should be retiring, maybe we'll be billionaires. I don't know. I mean, it'd be interesting. I would rather if, um, you know, hey, it'd be cool if NASA go get gold, bring it back, sell it, and make money or something, fund themselves a little more. Um, although I want SpaceX a little more funded, but that's another story. Well, I, they are funding them a lot. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be better if I would rather – Versus getting a giant gold asteroid, bring it back for kicks and giggles, for them to develop a way to stop an asteroid's mo- momentum. I would rather them develop some 
some way of how they would do that on such a massive I, scale. I think they've already done that. I don't know. We tend to just fly freaking million-dollar satellites that we paid for into the moon for fun and blow <laughs> it up for dumb, dumb stuff. You know, we tend to do that because, well, it's not good for anything else. Let's just blow it up. If you're doing that, then I really don't think you have the capability of, like, reversing the moon's orbit or something. I, I, I just think that'd be very interesting. Reversing is, the moon's orbit? Hey, come on. you got to be able to figure out, how, like, how much power it would take to do that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, w- I would rather them develop a way to, like, stop an asteroid's momentum and keep it still. And then what would happen is you could make uh, 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 leap, leap points, leap pads. I don't know how to do this. Jumping points to Mars. Oh, staging. Well, like, if you could get enough asteroids, you know, shape them or whatever, and have them spaced apart enough, you wouldn't necessarily – you could – technically have a better you realize that planets move yeah but what i'm saying is if you can stop their momentum and then you move them manually like well, with what, what good would be stopping at an asteroid on the way to mars i'm saying you stop like a couple of them you make like this way station between them then you can have so you have two ships one that purpose? goes to, i'm just saying that that'd be interesting if they could do that versus having one ship go all the way there you could have something that could um, play telephone, like with signals and all this kind of well, stuff. I could back, see it would maybe get it back there quicker than just maybe going like an interstellar truck stop in case your rocket ship was having a problem. It may just be interesting if we could stop could an asteroid and stop have it. at your discount tire shop on the asteroid. Like how cool would it be if you could put a, if you could put a little asteroid in the orbit of the moon, or you know, which you can't. But uh, yeah, well, I don't be, think it has it'd enough. be interesting. But yeah. I still think that. They've got a plan with nuclear missiles to move asteroids. I've seen it in several movies. Yeah, so that that's going to make sense. But one thing I do know that the Pentagon is developing is a laser that can identify subjects from hundreds of meters away based on their heartbeats. So they they're pretty close to having this completed, which is something I'm sure that they're doing for sniping. For, for snipers and for drone attacks. But basically, they can bounce a laser off somebody and monitor um, their heartbeat through that laser, the reflected signal, and be able to identify that person from that heartbeat. Because your heartbeat um, is kind of like your fingerprint, uh, even a little bit more defined than your fingerprint. And it's very specific to an individual. So if if there was ever a person that was in a room and they could somehow shoot a laser off of them inside a room and record their heartbeat, then if there was ever a war or something, then they could find that person standing on a balcony and they can only see through that infrared. That would be such a cool Mission Impossible scene where someone hacks their uh, smartwatch that has the heart rate tracker oh, on it. Oh, yeah. Good. And then they're like... Okay, we found it. We know which one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know he's in this area, but there's so many people in there, we can't find him. And then they're like, "All right, we have the trace on his heartbeat." And they just had the laser just sweep, and then it goes. Yeah, it's that guy right there, and then. Then they can fire some kind of specialized round or something. That'd be such a cool scene. But it wouldn't. I I don't think 
these things right now are operating at 95 to 98% accuracy, which is pretty high. Yeah. So um, it's not going to be long, and the special operations folks are going to be using these kind of rounds. It's not going to be long where uh, small bullets that are fired from weapons, uh, they've already got some that are able to kind of direct themselves. And if you link heartbeat technology through a laser in with a round fired from a standard automatic weapon, uh, no one's going to be able to touch the U.S. Armed Services. I mean, they'll be able to take anybody out in the battlefield that they want as yeah. long as they're within range. So in video games, there's this thing called the kill bot. Um, so what it means is someone uh, has an illegal hack. We, they call it not actually illegal, but in multiplayer settings, they're considered illegal. Um, in the game world, because what it is is you can see where someone is behind a wall. Like mm-hmm. You can see their outline, and you can shoot them, and it'll bolt, go through the wall. Oh. So it defies the uh, coding for physics, but it also does uh, bullets that I can't remember what it's called, but it's for the kill bot thing. Where it just go, you shoot a bullet like straight, it'll go to the nearest person. So it'll go. Oh. So I'm like, if, if that's gonna be pretty crazy, if they can do that with guns. Where it's got the kill bot mode where. You just go with a Tommy gun, and then all the bullets just go. Yeah, well, you start hitting everyone the pa- around the room. The advanced helicopters like the Apache have been able to do that for 20 years now. Yeah. Uh, fire a barrage of missiles and use laser sights, um, laser designation to f- kill multiple targets, even though the helicopter fired all its missiles and it's flying away. Even somebody on the ground could be just lasering different targets and all these missiles would hit different targets so that capability is already built into some systems already in the military so it'll be crazy when bullets start that way so uh, one study here as we look at some other crazy science that's coming out is saying that watching tv is worse than sitting at work all day long Mm. so it turns out in this study um that sitting all day, often labeled as bad as smoking, isn't as bad for you if you're at your desk working. But if you're a couch potato, the real health detriments come from sitting in front of the TV, according to this new study from the American Heart Association. They did this study with Columbia University, and they found out that television viewing is associated with more cardiovascular events and mortality compared to sitting at a desk job, which had no association with those outcomes. And Dr. Uh, Kenneth Diaz said, if you, even if you have a job that requires you to sit for long periods of time, replacing the time you spend sitting at home with strenuous exercise could reduce your risk of heart disease and death. How you spend your time outside of work may matter more when it comes to your heart health. Uh, they looked at about 3,500 participants and their behavior over about eight years. So this story has a lot of street cred, although it still needs to be um, uh, checked by other studies. But um, I could see where this could be kind of real because when you're sitting in front of a TV, uh, your brain's not active. No. Uh, when you're at work, you may be looking at your computer screen and things like that, but you're your thinking, your cognitive processes are really going. Well, okay, I, I'll agree. I'll, let me retract my statement before. Um, when you're like, you're not really thinking. Maybe I know for a lot of people when they just watch a show, they're just totally enjoying the show. But even when I'm watching a show, um, 
I, I'm constantly thinking about act like my my head's just constantly going mm-hmm. while I'm I'm am th- watching the movie, which is why I like rewatching movies a lot because I don't catch all the details, like the first five times I watch it because one part makes me think of something I start imagining something else and I blank out and you know I'm still thinking but I know for a lot of people, they're like when they watch a movie there nothing else exists. Yeah, the they get reality. totally zoned in. Yeah, it's really hard for me to do that. It's it's part of the reason I watch movies with the subtitles on is because I feel more engaged because I'm reading the movie rather than simply watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I guess I could see where this study uh, can affect a lot of things. I don't think it's going to stop the average American from watching way too much TV. Of course, nowadays I'll, I'll ask people, "Do you watch television?" No, no, no I watch Netflix. Yeah, I watch Netflix. I'm totally like, is, isn't that the same thing? No, 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 no. It's totally different. Yeah. It's completely different. Binge watching Netflix and watching television all afternoon, totally different. Sure. Hmm. A couple interesting stories that have come out recently is uh, one of it's the dad bod mm. situation. So men with dad bods are happier, more attractive to women, a survey claims. So men with a slight paunch and a distinct lack of the cheese grater abs are officially more attractive than they were in the past. Uh, dad bods have been a thing since around 2016. According to Planet Fitness, the modern body types popular, popularity is on the upscale. The story uh, here from Fox News claims that uh, because of actors like Danny Dyer and Chris Pratt, who became poster boys for a bulkier build, this seems to have increased in the popularity of the dad bod. So what do you think about that? I don't, th- I think just because of social media that now people are like, oh, the dad bod. I think for women, the dad bod per se, which is where you, you're not super skinny. You have a bit of a little, you can't even say have a bit of a belly. It just means that you're not ripped. Like mm-hmm. you just have an average guy body where. You know, you don't have some super chiseled neck where there is no, you know, slow, there's no gradient between your Adam's apple and your chin, which I have one, you have one, most guys yeah. got one. Um, some are more defined than others. Sometimes it's not a gradient, it's more of a, a mountain sticking out doing back to their Adam's apple. But anyways, um, that's just, you know, some people got that and that's fine. I think women have always liked that because that's more realistic. Like even, even as a kid, um like watching movies, the women that were more attractive and things were ones that had the more realistic bodies that were curvy and things like that. Mm-hmm. I was always more attractive to that woman versus the anorexic toothpick in the corner. Yeah. Even though everyone's like, oh, this is what's real attractive and popular. No, that's just what you keep showing me. The reality is if you see a human being look like that way, it's 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 not attractive. You're just forcing me to think that way. It's like Renaissance art. When you look at it, people are like, the people look funny. I'm like, no, that's just how people look. Like, people have stretch marks. People have bulges and things. And men have always looked like men. Women have always looked like women. Th- that's it. The more real you look, the better you are. It, authentic, man. Authentic. The more authentic you look, the better. Because the more you make yourself look like these fake little things, yeah. the worse it is for later in life. Because most people are going to come together for... Um, how they look versus who they are as people, and then when they don't look the way they are when they first met, they're never going to get along when they're married. Yeah, anyway, that's true. So, last story for today is this um, story that came out about the American-made index for cars, and 
I was really surprised at the top 10 list out of this index. Now, the, the index um, calculates the total economic impact the production of a vehicle has on the local economy using a formula that includes where its parts are sourced from, where it's built, and how many jobs it creates. So some of the data lumps U.S. and Canadian parts uh, uh, in one pool, but the study attempts to offset this by considering vehicles built exclusively, exclusively in the U.S. and giving weight to the final assembly location of engines, transmissions, major components, etc. cetera. Uh, low volume, fleet only, and heavy duty models were excluded from the report. So, I mean, you saw as I'm scrolling through this what the, the number one vehicle was, but what really struck me is one of my favorite brands, which you know is what? Ford. Ford only has one vehicle on here in the top 15, and it, it's number 13. It has nobody in the top 10. Not nothing. And that well, really we gotta look at. ticks me off. Okay, well, well, well what you got to look at, right? So when you see the Ford Taurus, what do you think? What's your first thing comes to your head when you think of, like, the Ford Explorer, Ford Taurus, Crown Vic? What? what do, I don't know what you're what, what is the number one thing you think of? Just Ford. Crown Vic. Ford? Everyday life, not the car company. Crown Vic, go. What is the first thing that comes to your head? Nice, big, comfortable vehicle. Oh, dude, cops. Ford Explorer, cops. Ford Taurus, oh. cops. Because those are the number one cars for cops. So, when the, what's the most American car? You don't think of the Ford Explorer, you don't think of the Ford Taurus, you don't think of the Crown Vic. Because that is not uniquely American in your head, it is more of cops. Even in Canada, what do they all drive? Ford Explorer, Ford Crown Vic, I, but Ford they Taurus. make the police interceptor models for all them. No, this but is, it doesn't matter. It's still the Explorer, the Taurus, and I, Crown Vic. I get so the, that's why they're not up there. No, that's no, 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 no. You you've missed the point of the article. This is an article about sourced parts. Like which car has the most U.S. built, put together, all of that. Oh, okay. I thought I was talking about like popularity. No, like, this is a pot. Were you list not listening while I was? I guess I were... wasn't quite following what you were saying. Yeah, this but... is this is all about what car has is the most American as far as parts that are made here, assembled here, all of that. No, Ford makes them all in China and they're sent here and assembled. No, they're yeah, they, they are. They make most no, of their parts no, in Canada, no. And Mexico. No, 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 dude. Most of their bullcrap comes over from China. That's why. That's why Ford has such a higher, like, a worse time dealing with China with copyright infringement things because it's all made over there in their factories. Okay, well, I like Ford just as anyone else, but I'm just saying a lot of their craps made in China. Regardless, Unlike only Tesla, the only the made in America. Only F-150s hit 13 on the list. Now, the cover, the car company that surprised me the most was Honda. Mm -hmm. They've got one, if you include Acura, which is... Acura? Acura is Honda. Acura? Acura. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six vehicles out of the 15 that are listed here are from uh, Honda kind of companies. And then, uh, but the number one is the cheap, cheap, the cheap Grand Cherokee, <laughs> the Jeep, Jeep Cherokee, not even a Grand Cherokee, just yeah. the 
the Jeep Cherokee, which is built in Belvedere, Illinois. Um, but then you've got the number two is the Honda Odyssey, which is a minivan, and the Ridgeline and the Honda Passport. And then the, the first, like, um, besides Jeep, American company that you even see on the list is the Chevrolet Corvette, which is number five, which is made in Bowling Green, Kentucky. And then the next kind of American car company is number eight, which is the Chevrolet Colorado. Is that a pickup? Yeah, it's the uh, complement of the Ranger. Ranger, okay. And then you go all the way down the list, the GMZ, GMZ, GMC Canyon. Which is the same thing as the Colorado and the okay. Ranger. So it's just, uh, it's made in a different, they're both made in the same plant, it looks like, in yep. Wentzville, Missouri. Then the next American car company, which would be Chevrolet, which would be the Camaro, is number 11 on the list. And then 13 is Ford, and everything else is Japanese. Honda, Toyota, all of that. And that really surprised me. And this has altered my consciousness enough that the next vehicle I buy, I'm going to honestly look at Hondas. Yeah. Well, that, that's one of the big things is uh, Toyotas and Hondas make a lot of the cars in the U.S. Um, and that's been shifting since the mid-2000s. Because originally when the 80s, you know, 70s, 60s, all that kind of stuff, everyone was getting the same car around the world. There wasn't, like, any different model per mm-hmm. continent. But it started shifting over time as cafe laws, different standards coming up. Um, so, like, the United States right now has the first ever Honda Civic Type R, which is the highest-end racing Civic. Like, any Honda that says Type R is coveted. It's worth hundreds of thousands of dollars if you can get original Type Rs from Japan. Um, but you, you can't. They're pretty much all barred in the United States for stupid reasons. Or original Nissan Skylines. Original mm-hmm. ones that were originally barred, but now you can have them transported are worth millions. Wow. Um, but so Japan has a totally different style now for how driving works. It's not the 80s where everyone has small cars. Americans like big cars. Japan does not have the same kind of standard for their cars. Um, so even though they make Civics in Japan, they're not the same Civics you're going to get in the United States. They're going to be drastically different when it comes to a lot of engine compartments, uh, capacities, or even sizes. So they have to make it completely different. They can't just make them all in Japan and send them over here. So they've been setting up in America and building them. Yeah. So almost every Toyota made is like made in the United States by American workers. Yeah. Well, it it really surprised me. And uh, I really think, um, like I said, when I go to look for another vehicle. Get a Honda Fit? On a fit sport. No, they look too much like Hot Wheels. What? Come on, dude. It's a great car. I love mine. Well, but I'm going to consider it at least. Okay, cool. I'll walk you through the process. Well, that's about it for today. We'll be broadcasting from the basement again next week. I'm the old guy. And I'm the man child. Don't forget to cross your streams of consciousness with others as we have done with you today. Until Until next week, a reminder from the old guy, don't fall up a down elevator. And usually say and 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 remember if i don't make it back you made me come here we'll see you next time all right thanks guys
bloodpumpmedia.com.